0: Maybe even track down some of the other teachings that we have available through podcasts, whether it's through Audible or Spotify or Apple Podcasts. You can do all of that at our church website at calvarydivine.org. That's calvarydivine.org. Well today we're actually going to be starting a new study in the summer series we do uh, every year right around uh, 4th of July and we carry it all the way through Labor Day and so this year we actually picked a, a book one of my favorites is called "A Shepherd Looks at Psalm 23 by W. Philip Keller. So today we're actually going to just do kind of an overview of Psalm 23, an introduction to the book. Uh, I hope that you enjoy just learning uh, how W. Philip Keller, who is a pastor, uh, actually bought physical sheep and the things that he learned from Scripture as he tended the sheep. And so one of the great things I was telling the church is just to remember, you know, Moses was a shepherd for a period and so was David. And so there's a lot to learn uh, from tending sheep. and. And so a lot of great things from this book that we'll go over the next few weeks, and I hope that you enjoy it. Uh, so today is Psalm 23, just simply the introduction. And so this is the first half of a two-part study. We're, we're actually going to kind of just look at the psalm a little bit tonight and, and kind of like an intro, because what's going to happen as you go through this book, you're actually going to take each verse and spend a week with that on that chapter. Um, and, and you're going to go knee deep into Psalm 23. And I pray that it will be one of these, these psalms that you'll be able to hang on to for the rest of your life. That it's not a psalm that just hangs up on your wall. How many of you have Psalm 23 on the wall somewhere? I do. It's my favorite. It's one of my favorite ones. Um, that's not what we want. We don't want scripture that just sits on a wall. We want you to actually live the scripture out. And uh, so we we're just going through the book of uh, W Philip Keller, a Psalm, uh, a Shepherd looks at Psalm 23. Uh, so hopefully everybody's grabbed a book, and we'll make sure the rest of those books find a home. Uh, so if you know somebody who needs that book, take it and give it to them as a gift, okay? Because we want It's it's a great book. It's a great encouragement for sure. So a Shepherd's look at Psalm 23. So this is just the intro. Uh, what we first find out in these first few verses is that the shepherd is sufficient. Uh, one thing that we remember that Jesus said in Mark chapter 6, verse 34, when he went ashore, he saw a great crowd and had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. And we know that in, in John chapter 10, 11, the I am statement, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. So the first part of that verse when we read it is the Lord is my shepherd. And I always ask that question every time I read it. Is the Lord my shepherd? Now you may be quick to answer that question, but is the Lord my shepherd? You may be walking with the Lord for 10, 15, 20 years, but is he still your shepherd? It's important for us to be able to answer that question because it is the shepherd that guides and directs our lives. It's the shepherd that can overcome addictions and relationship troubles and, and, and dealing with unforgiveness, dealing with health issues. It's the shepherd that guides us. And Psalm 23 is written by David, who was a shepherd, right? Right? What did Moses do all those years? He was a shepherd. It's a, it's a wonderful reminder to us that, that, that King David was a shepherd. He, we forget that at times. Most of us remember this, this verse because we've heard it at a funeral, right? Somebody gives it when they're in the hospital. This verse is so much more than that. This is a life verse for some of y'all. Because you will always go through mountaintop moments... And valleys. And sometimes the valleys get very dark and deep. You don't go from mountain top to mountaintop. Okay? And a lot of Christians think and, and whatever reason they think that way, they think, well, it's just supposed to be a cakewalk. It's all cake. He tells us we'll go through trials, we'll go through suffering, we'll go through tribulation. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I love that. The Lord is. And, and, and who is God? Can I trust God to be my shepherd? What authority is He my shepherd? Well, if you look at, and I, I talked to my daughter about this today, about knowing the attributes of God. The character of God. That He's all-knowing. He's all-powerful. He's all-present. That God is an invisible, personal, eternal spirit who is absolute Perfection. He is the only God that existed or that will ever exist. He is not the same as his creation, but he is the Lord over it. He's also personally involved in the affairs of the universe. Finally, he is knowable, and it's possible for his creation to have a personal relationship with him. He tells us that he is the good shepherd. In Hebrews chapter 13, verses 20 and 21, it says, Now they now may the God peace and and "...who brought again the, from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, by the blood of the eternal covenant, equip you with everything good, that you may do his will, working in us, that which is pleasing in the sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be the glory and the Father forever and ever." There's a reason why in John he gives the I Am statements. He's referring back to the Old Testament. I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the gate. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the true vine. I am the good shepherd. And Jesus is immediately, I love that, because when we look at those I am statements, it's a powerful evidence, and it reinforces His divine character. Fully God, fully man. You know, as we dive into the book, you're going to find out that sheep are very unclean animals. Sheep can't defend themselves. They, they just can't. Sheep are not known as the smartest animal, right? I've told you all the story about the sheep that, that decided to go off the cliff and 500 more fell with them. They just followed them. It's a true story. They're filthy, dirty and unkempt they have a knack for because they excrete an oil and so everything that they lie in it clings to their their coat if they're in dirt or grass or dust it's like velcro they just pick every bit of it up almost like our kids right it's it's one of the funny things i i know now is like even when i i remember being a father and We'd go out to dinner. I'd have half the food on me from the kids. But we are, are dirty as well because we are sheep. In Romans chapter 7, verses 19 through 20, it says, For I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I keep on doing. Now, if I do, not, if I do what I do not want, it's no longer I who do it, but the sin that dwells within me. And he says, very important in Romans chapter 7, verse 24, Wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then I myself serve the law of the God with my mind, but with my flesh I serve the law of sin. And he tells you in Romans chapter 8, verse 1, There is, now, uh, there is therefore no, now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. He's like, you're going to make mistakes. You're going to sin. You're going to fall. Abraham lied to his wife a number of times, about his wife a number of times. Right? Moses killed somebody. Moses got angry and struck the rock. David committed adultery. Peter denied knowing Christ, but then he tried to kill a man with a little sword and chopped his ear off. They suffered the consequences because of their sin, but they did not suffer the condemnation. It's important for you to understand that because as sheep, we do get dirty. As sheep, you are going to fall. In Romans chapter 6, verse 1, it says, What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means. We are those who have died to sin. how can we live in it any longer? Can't imagine anyone that loves Christ that would just... Continue to sin there should be a change in you we talked about it this past week about the inner man you're a new creation the old has died you confess and repent and be restored in romans chapter 6 verse 23 is for the wages of sin is death but the free gift of god is eternal life in christ jesus in first john chapter 1 verse 9 if we confess our sins he is faithful and, and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. In Psalm 103:12, it says, As far as the east is from the west, so far does He remove our transgression from us. Again, we go to the shepherd. He's the only one that can cleanse us. The dirt that you have on you, the things of this world that are clinging to you, the only one who can make you clean is Jesus. That's it. Sheep are helpless and defenseless. They have no defense. The only defense they have is the shepherd. That's it. Most sheep, when they're faced with danger, they freeze in their tracks. Or at best, sometimes they run. They usually dash up a tree or try to camouflage themselves. They try to swim, but they don't do that well. Most of them drown when they do it. When they sense danger, they're timid and they're panicked. Sound familiar? The moment that you have danger or something that doesn't go your normal way, you start to do what? You get timid and you get panicked. But you have the shepherd. The shepherd is the best defense that we need. But see, when we're outside the fellowship of the shepherd, we become isolated. And it's easier for the enemy to pick us off. When you start to drift, you become weak. And the enemy knows it. He knows it. So we have the shepherd's wisdom and strength to help us survive, to guide us, to direct us. But a lot of us don't want to use it. John chapter 10, verses 7 through uh, 10, it says, Then Jesus said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep do not hear them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved. And we'll go in and out and find pasture. The thief does not come except to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. I don't understand the world we're in today. I'm I'm being honest with you. I don't understand how we have a parade where you have naked men and women in front of children. Ten-year-old, seven-year-old, four-year-old, five-year-old, naked. The thief does not come except to steal, kill, and destroy. And I believe the problem that we're in today is God has given up this nation to, be a, to have a debased mind. Like it says in Romans chapter 1. We have people that have decided that they just don't want anything to do with God. Or their progressive Christianity, their, their thought of God is completely skewed. And it's leading down people down the path to hell. The reason why I say that is I don't understand how a parent would take a child to a pride parade where they would be dancing naked. And you see the pictures and they're little kids being exposed to this. Five years ago, ten years ago, this would be a crime. We're in a, we're, we're in a, in a way that, that, that people are choosing the thief I don't understand when I read that verse, I have come that they may have a life and that they may have it more abundantly. How do you want somebody who wants to steal, kill, and destroy you? And yet, that's what people are picking. But we can't go down that road. If he's your shepherd, then follow your shepherd. Cling to him. Sheep are foolish and dumb. They have been known to plunge blindly off the cliff. I told you all about that. And then the train follows soon after. They don't have good eyesight. They don't hear well. Just like us. God is trying to get a hold of you, but you don't hear well. God is trying to get you to take your eyes off the things of this world, but your eyesight is bad because you're focused on the horizontal and not the vertical. Sheep are difficult to train, just like us. The shepherd is, is the good shepherd it says, "The Lord is my shepherd; I shall not want." How many of us, just just today? I mean, even if you were to go on Amazon and you there's there's want, you're looking at stuff that you don't need, right? We blindly do it the same way our kids do it when they go to Walmart or H E B or, and they let's go to the toy aisle, and we're just the same way, but our needs are to be taken care of by the shepherd. In Ecclesiastes chapter 5, verse 15, it says, As he came from his mother's womb, he shall go na- again naked as he came and shall take nothing from, uh, for his toil that he may carry away in his hands. Now, I don't know why men, because of greed, they're given up to a debased mind. How much money is enough? How much money do you need to embezzle? I, I, you know, I, one of the things that always puzzles me, whether you're Republican or Democrat, as you enter into Congress or Senate... By the time you leave, you're a multimillionaire. And you came in with nothing. Not a penny. But you have want. And the thing is to remember, you're going to leave all of it. Not some of it. All of it. You're not taking anything with you. And some of us are clinging to the things of this world. If the Lord is your shepherd, are you satisfied with the things that He's providing you? Are you still wanting Philippians 4:19 says And my God will supply every need of yours according to His riches and His glory in Christ Jesus. Now, when He's talking about that, what do you need? Well, it, for the sheep He provides grass; for the sheep He provides water; for the sheep He provides rest. Those are the necessities of life that He's talking about. Are you okay with that? In verse two, He says He makes me lie down in green pastures. He He leads me beside still waters. You know, some of us are are so busy. I don't know if you catch that. He leads you or leads me beside still waters. He makes me lie down. Mark chapter 6, verse 31. And he said to them, Come away by yourselves to a desolate place and rest a while. For many were coming and going, and they had no leisure even to eat. That's Jesus telling the disciples to do what? Go rest. I have no issue with somebody telling me, hey, I need to take a break from ministry. I understand it. If you tell me, hey, I'm going, I'm heading out of town, going going to the beach. I get it. I want you to take rest. You're going to be a better servant because you're going to be at his feet. At least I hope so. Most of you come back and go, I need a vacation from my what? Vacation. You don't rest. But I, I, we're going to talk about that a lot more in depth. He makes me lie down. Sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes an illness is the way He'll make you lie down because you won't lie down. It, it happens because He's trying to, to, to reach you. He's trying to get a hold of you and your relationship with Him. You may be so busy that the things of God are not important and what I mean by that is the things of God you're not your relationship you're not spending time in the word you're not spending time in prayer you're not spending time in fellowship you're actually just rushing through the word just like you would rush through anything else that's the busyness of your life and there's no application of God's word you're not growing and so what does he do? he makes you lie down well I got the flu well you need to rest you're pushing yourself too hard what do we do when we, we get sick now? Before COVID, we do what? We went to work. You couldn't even take time off when you were sick. You couldn't take rest when your body was telling you to rest. That part, when we get to it, is going to be hard for a lot of you. Because America is known for its busyness. And, and I remember Miss um, Elizabeth Gallegos. They're part of our missionaries that we tie to in Itapato, Mexico. Oscar, Pastor Oscar, the church there. And Miss Elizabeth said to us one time uh, the acronym for busy is being under Satan's yoke. Being under Satan's yoke. You're busy. You're too busy for the things of God. And you can be busy doing the things of God, but you're missing the relationship of God. Because I've seen that too. You ever been around somebody where they're, they're, they're so busy with the things of God, and yet their they're, they're walk with God, you're going, does this person really save? Verse 3, he restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. To lead, to gently lead. You can't drive sheep. Not, they're not like cattle, okay? You have to lead, and they know by the voice. is how they know how to obey. They know, and, and for us as sheep, it's by his word. And John 10:4 says, and, and when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Do you know his voice? And, and, and for you as, as a believer, the way that you hear his voice is through his word. This is the, the, the biggest misconception in the church is they, they're, they're waiting to hear audibly, and now some people do hear from the Lord audibly. But the biggest way that you can hear from God today is this. And if you don't want to open this, how do you hear from Him? How are you being led? How are you knowing what your walk with God is if you don't open God's Word? That's why I always talk to you all about Application. It's about, it's not just the, the head knowledge of God's word, but it's the heart. Remember, the inner man, the sinner, that's where God takes residence. And it's the walk. I, I, as a sheep, I need to know His voice so I know the direction. Can you imagine a pastor that's not in the word of God? I can't. At least I hope there's not one out there. I'm sure there is, but at the end of the day, I need to know God's, God's direction for his church unfortunately sheep go astray God will go get that that one in Luke chapter 15 verses 4 it says what man of you having a hundred sheep if he had lost one of them does not leave the 99 in an open country he says in verse verse 6 rejoice with them for I have found my sheep that was lost just so I tell you, there will be more in heaven over one sinner who repents than over the 99 righteous person who need, who need no repentance. Something that's very important in that scripture is God does not leave the shepherd, the shepherd the good shepherd. Jesus doesn't leave the other sheep unattended. For some reason, we think the other ones are just floundering around. Jesus takes care of them as well. But he's going to go after that one. That's why when we, when, I, don't, I don't mean to be like nosy. When I reach out to you, it's because I need to know you're okay. I want to make sure you're all right. If there's anything I need to do for you, it's not to be nosy. It's because I, I, I am the under-shepherd. He's the shepherd, I'm the under-shepherd. I am supposed to make sure the sheep that God has given me to attend to are okay. I love it when somebody comes and asks me, hey, have you seen so-and-so? Yeah. I reached out to him, everything's good. Just be praying. You know, at the end of the day, we need to know his voice. You know, we need to understand that that he restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. If you're not in his word, he's not going to lead you in paths of righteousness because you're going the other direction than him. You're leading yourself. Daniel chapter 12 verse 3 it says and those who are wise shall shine like the brightest the brightness of the sky above and those who turn many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever we are to shine like the son of God we are to to shine with righteousness to shine to 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 see people uh Christ be glorified we are to be the salt and the light but in order for me to do that I need to know Jesus that's why the name of the, the radio show that we have is Sun, Salt, and Light. Why? You need to know and grow in Jesus Christ. And you need to be the salt and the light in your community, in your marriage, and in your family. It starts at home. If you can't be the salt and the light in your marriage and your family, you've got bigger fish to fry. It starts there. Verse 4 says, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death... I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. He's talking about the the peaceful serenity and calm and tranquility. And death is the deepest, darkest valley. That represents the most difficult things that we can go through in this life. And and it's it's an understanding that, that in the valley, He's walking ahead of you. He's making sure things are safe. But what happens a lot of times is we just stop. And we don't follow the shepherd in the valley. Sometimes we just stop and we get upset. We get mad at God. Why am I going through this? Why am I sick? Why, am I, why are we having financial issues? Why did I lose my job? Why are we going? I'm serving you, God.